You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast, and here's a cute story about a time my healthy habits made things a little rough. Yes, I just barked, and now Tommy's barking because I meant rough as a pun since this story is about a problem I had with my dog. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. This episode is enthusiastically sponsored by a product I couldn't swear by more if I tried. Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. I didn't say swear about more. I said swear by. I couldn't swear by the magic of mushrooms more if I tried. I originally tried a packet of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Tea in a glass of hot water because, well, I was gifted a free single packet of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Tea by a friend. I had no idea what it did or what was going to happen to me. And I was skeptical because this whole mushroom thing is trendy right now. And I'm always skeptical of trendy things. Read, I avoid trendy things to not be trendy. You know what I mean? But anyway, I drank the shrooms and I felt truly awesome. It's hard to explain. I just felt more awesome than before I drank it. Since then, I've ordered it and consumed about two packets of shrooms a day and I can't get enough. I am telling you, these mushrooms are magic. Although they don't make me hallucinate in a bathtub like my ex-boyfriend's famous magic mushroom experience, which honestly, he seemed way too proud of in hindsight. But hear this, I wasn't hallucinating the magical effects of these shrooms. They are ultra scientifically proven to boost immunity and gut health. Yes, please and thank you. And the four different shrooms that Four Sigmatic uses most, hence the four in Four Sigmatic, eh? I just got that too. Well, like three minutes ago. But they all do different epic things for your body. Rishi helps you relax. Cordyceps give you non-caffeinated energy for sports and stuff. Lion's mane, which does not come from my lion's mane, boosts your brain. That one's easy to remember. And chaga is, yeah, yeah, good for immunity issues, like when you're traveling or feeling run down and or both. Okay, enough blabbering from me. I just finished a mushroom matcha latte. Oh, yeah, Four Sigmatic has mushroom matcha powder. If I could just stop blabbering for a damn second, I could tell you that because you listen to this podcast, thank you for that, you can save 15% off any and all Four Sigmatic shroom stuff you'll want to buy off their site, Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com using code PARTYINMYPLANTS to save that 15%, baby. Man, maybe I had way too much mushroom matcha. Okay, onward to the show. Today's episode is a little change of pace, but it's my podcast. I can do what I want to, do what I want to, do what I want to. So what I wanted to do this week was share a story I told at a storytelling show a couple months ago. What's a storytelling show? Well, have you heard of The Moth? Not the creepy insect, the storytelling shows around the country and on a top-rated podcast. If you have not heard of The Moth, the storytelling shows, not the insect, like I said, I'm sure you've heard of and or squealed in, in Moth's presence at one time or another, but you should really check it out. The Moth is an organization dedicated to the art and craft of storytelling. That is, real peeps getting up in front of real audiences on a real stage with a real microphone telling real stories from their real 
everyday lives. It is pretty cool. So I didn't perform this story at a moth show, but the next best thing, a storytelling show called Speak Up in Connecticut, in which my daddy dearest also performed. Aw, how presh. I might not be able to play father-daughter golf with him, but father-daughter comedy performances, you got it, dad. You might have heard me mention that I was going to be taking a stab at storytelling in episode 77 of this podcast with Simi Bodich, whose book is chock full of stories, by the way, all of these amazing stories about Bob body image and getting over an eating disorder and releasing perfectionism. Oh, it's a great episode. Episode 77. Listen to it. But this story about my adorable doggy Tommy negatively benefiting from my healthy habits is that step. The theme of the storytelling show I told this at was called Close Calls. Ooh. Ah. ah I hope you enjoy. So... Sadly, this summer, my fiancé's mom passed away from cancer. It was awful. She lived in the hospital for the last four weeks of her life, and it was draining and traumatic and just as devastating as you can imagine. And when she passed, Jesse, my fiancé, and I were having a really hard time putting our lives back together. We were just spending most of our summer just sitting on the couch, and the air conditioning, really procrastinating on putting, you know, one foot in front of the other to get back to this new norm. And so one Sunday night, we're sitting on the couch in the AC, as always, and we're just hanging out. And my adorable golden doodle, 27-pound golden doodle Tommy, indicates that he has to go to the bathroom. So one of us has to get off the couch and walk him. So I'm the unlucky one. So I get off the couch, I dismount, and as I get off, I spill our bowl of organic gluten-free crackers, and I take Tommy outside to our filthy New York City streets to do his business. I bring him back in, and Jesse's standing there. Like, apparently, when I left, I also knocked over my homemade healthy hummus. And so he's cleaning up this catastrophe of a mess that I left, and I'm helping him, and I feel guilty, and we're cleaning it up. And a few minutes later, we look in the corner of our room, and Tommy's just standing there, just bobbling. He's just standing in the corner, bobbling. And I asked Jesse, what's wrong with our dog? And Jesse says, I don't know what's wrong with our dog. What's wrong with our dog? And I say, I don't know, Tommy, what's wrong with you? But he's a dog and he's only two, so he can't talk. Not because he's two, just because he's a dog and dogs don't talk. And I should mention, this is the first dog I've ever had. And you really don't know how to take care of a dog till you have a dog. And even when you have a dog, you really don't know how to take care of a dog. So we don't know what to do. So we just are like offering him purified water. He doesn't want it. We're offering him his farm to dog bowl food. He doesn't want it. He doesn't even want organic peanut butter in a Kong. So we decide what else can we do but walk him to the walk-in clinic. And so we live in Brooklyn. So we could literally walk to the walk-in clinic. And we get there and unfortunately it's closed. So we're freaking out. His wobbling is getting so much worse. His eyes are getting all glossy. We're really panicking. So we don't know what else to do but to drive to the ER, the doggy ER, because we have those in Brooklyn. And so we're walking to our car, and I have Tommy on the leash, and he's weaving and leaning and, and just can't stay up straight and swerving. It's like I had a drunk driver on the end of my leash. 
Meanwhile, Jesse's to the side of me manically Googling anything that could possibly help us. So he's Googling dog bobbling, dog seizure, dog epilepsy, trying to figure out what's wrong. So we finally, we get to our car and I scoop Tommy up, put him in my lap, and I can tell he has a fever because his stomach is so hot and his nose is burning up. And we're driving to the hospital and we're having all these flashbacks now and this PTSD of when we were just in the hospital for these four weeks for Jesse's mom. And we're getting really scared and really emotional. And so I lead us through some deep, you know, belly breaths to try to calm us down. So we get to the hospital and Jesse goes to park the car. I grab Tommy. I run in and I say, help us. And they say, calm down. And I say, okay. So I tell them what's going on and they grab Tommy and whisk him away. And I'm just sitting there in the waiting room. And now I'm, you know, back with these nurses' outfits and these elevators in this hospital waiting room. And I'm just like losing it. It's just too much, too soon, you know? So... All of a sudden, this couple comes in and they're holding a dog in a blanket and they go to the receptionist and they say, we have an appointment to put down our dog. Oh my God, I just lose it. I'm like bawling, sobbing. I have like this wad of tissues. I just can't handle it. Finally, Jesse comes in and he's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, they're putting down their dog. And he starts crying. So now we're this mess of a couple just sitting on the bench in the doggy ER while the receptionist was just chatting about their weekend plans and what kind of new skirt she got to wear out tonight. And we're crying. And so finally, the receptionist call us up and they say to us, we just need you to sign a do not resuscitate. Oh my God. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is the worst deja vu we could possibly be having. We just had to sign one for Jesse's mom weeks prior. Oh, so somehow my husband-to-be mustered up the strength to sign that form that says, no, we will not save our dog if he has to go join Jesse's mom in heaven. And it's, we're just losing our minds. It's so much. So we go and sit down and about an hour later, the vet comes out. And we grab each other's hands and walk up to her and say, what's what's going on? How's Tommy? Is he okay? And she says, guys, is there any weed in your home? (laughs) And we look at each other and say, yeah, Jesse's a big medical marijuana enthusiast. I mean, there's always weed in our home. Tommy's been exposed to it since the day he came home two years ago, but he's never shown any interest. No, he's not showing interest now. Why now? I mean, I know it's been a stressful few weeks, but I ne- no, Tommy did not get into our weed stash. And she's like, it's definitely a toxic reaction. We really think it's weed. So we pick up our phones and we start Googling weed dogs. And what comes up are these dogs that are like peeing on themselves and like drooling. Their pupils are dilated. And I'm like, no, doc, no. Tommy is not a weed dog. No, no, no. And she's like, well, there's something toxic. Something happened. We have to keep him overnight till his fever goes down. So we're like, can we go say goodbye to him? And she says, yes. So she leads us upstairs to where Tommy's being kept in a crate with all these other dogs. And he's just standing there and he's still bobbling and his eyes are all glazed over. And at this point, they'd shaved part of his leg or arm. See, I'm so bad at dogs. (laughs) His arm, I guess, his leg. And um, they had, because they had to put the IV in it so he could recover from the fever. And we see him and it looks so sad. And then we hug him and kiss him goodbye. And as we're walking away, he like 
does this drunken slurred like kind of bark thing. Oh my God, it was just so sad. So somehow, you know, we, we drive home and we get home and we check our weed stash and everything's copacetic. He did not get into the weed. I knew he wasn't a weed dog. Thank you very much. And we're, our stomachs are so upset because of all the emotions. So I just make us some green smoothies and we go to bed. The next morning, we wake up and immediately call the vet and ask if Tommy's fever's gone down. Can we go pick him up? And she says, yes. So we're so excited. And we get in the car and go to the vet and Jesse double parks the car and I run in and Tommy and I reunite and he looks so sad and tired and and he has this really cute camo bandage on his leg and he just kind of looks like a little badass and so I scoop him up and we go home and we all just like rub each other's bellies and cuddle and try to put this traumatic experience past us. A few weeks later I'm in the elevator of our apartment building walking Tommy and a woman sees that his leg had been shaved or his arm had been shaved. And she asks what happened. And I tell her the whole story. And she says, I bet it was cocaine. And I'm like, what? She's like, I'm always picking up bags of coke from the streets so my dogs don't get into them. And I'm like, oh my God, it was Coke. Tommy's a Coke dog. So I run upstairs and I pick up my phone and I Google dog cocaine, Coke dog. And Tommy had all the symptoms of a Coke dog, which means that my dog's done more drugs than I've ever done. Oh my God. So a few weeks later, I have this really awesome essential oil expert come on my Healthy Living podcast. And she talks all about the wonders that are these plant oils. And obviously, after she raves about them, I go out and buy all the essential oils and all the diffusers for the essential oils. And I sprinkle them through my house like mouse traps. But instead of catching mice, they're supposed to just diffuse wonderful healing scents into the air. So one night, I had whipped up this peaceful, calm, sleepy time blend, and it's diffusing in my bedroom. And I'm lying in bed, you know, writing in my gratitude journal, meditating, drinking my calm tea, listening to my yoga music, my night routine. And I look at the foot of the bed, and Tommy's there. And I leap out of bed and I ask Tommy, what's wrong? And uh, still he can't talk. So I break my no electronics before bed rule and pick up my phone and Google dog essential oils. And sure enough, some essential oils can be toxic to dogs. So I might be an expert at taking care of my own health, but clearly not so much when it comes to my dog. Thank you. That was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. Since these series of incidents last summer, we've had no more bobble bobbles. Knock on wood. As for Tommy and the essential oils, I played around with the size of the essential oil diffuser in the bedroom and the type of essential oils in the bedroom. Pure lavender oil, not a blend like I use in the story, diffusing just on my nightstand in a small diffuser was no bobble bobble for Tommy. But lavender oil diffusing on my dresser out of this large diffuser I got, poopy, poopy for Tommy. Seriously, he would have diarrhea like cray in the middle of the night with the large diffuser. I guess the lavender oil got his colon a little too relaxed. To hear that essential oil podcast episode I referenced in my story, check out episode nine, How to Sniff Your Way to Better Health. It's a hell of a good one. And for a poor quality video of me performing the story on stage in front of 500 peeps, plus lots of other stuff that makes healthy eating as fun as a party, head to partyinmyplants.com slash 97.